Welcome to the Connectrio podcast. I'm Claire Perry, a primary teacher and Google Certified Innovator. During these episodes, we will hear from parents and teachers from around the world as they share their stories and experiences of effective and representative parental engagement. Hopefully, by listening to this podcast, you will be inspired to try some of these ideas in your own schools and classrooms. In this episode, we hear from James Cook. James is a head teacher in Scotland and one of the co-founders of Scottish Educators Connect. In our conversation, he shares some fabulous examples of how we can work in partnership across services and with other organisations to build stronger relationships with our families in our school communities. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, James. Hi, Claire. Lovely to lovely to be here this evening. I wonder if you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners just before we start off with our chat about all things parental engagement. Yeah, so um, I'm James Cook. I'm a head teacher uh, who was appointed um, in October 2020. So I've taken the helm of the school uh, during the pandemic. So it's been a real learning curve uh, for me recently um, and uh, part of a really great and supportive community. So I've had a a brilliant first six months. Um, And prior to that, I have uh, worked in a range of different roles within school, class teacher, principal teacher, deputy head, and uh, also done some work as part of the local authority and the regional improvement collaborative as well so during my time in um, education thus far I've had quite a checkered career but it's been a great great range of examples of things that I've been able to see and, and take into my own practice um, I also co-facilitate Scottish Educators Connect which is a network for practitioners across Scotland to explore different themes different readings and connect and work together so that is something that is uh, extremely exciting and you can find out more around about that on scottisheducatorsconnect.com Thank you so much, James. I'm really excited to chat to you about this, bringing in all those different experiences with you. Um, and I've been fortunate to get to know you through the Scottish Educators Connect. Um, kept missing out on all the book clubs and finally managed to uh, to get going with the, the recent Morag Trainer one. So thank you for, for all you do through Scottish Educators Connect. No, thank you for joining. It's great to have uh, many members <laughs> spanning right across Scotland, so it's fab. No, it is. It's fabulous. Um, as I mentioned, sort of when we're having a chat before the podcast, um, the aim of Connectrio is to talk about all things parental engagement, family engagement, representative family engagement. I wonder if you want to tell us why you think effective parental engagement is so important. I think for me it's around about seeing the fact that before children arrive at us, whether we are in an early learning and childcare context, a primary context, a secondary context, even beyond that, that they will have had a range of experiences prior to coming to a formal education establishment and those experiences have been shaped in the home and at home with various caregivers along the way and those key people in their life continue to shape and mould them as they access formal education. So we'd be just missing out a huge part of each of our children and young people's lives if we weren't to really think about our approaches to, I suppose, that definition that Education Scotland talks about in terms of thinking about parental involvement, parental engagement, family learning and learning at home and seeing what the 
nuanced differences are between those things and also I suppose the helix of where those things intersect and interconnect. So yeah, for me it's around about seeing that family members are the first educators for our children or young people and they need to be a crucial part to that. So when we're thinking around about I suppose the triad for me it's about how do we connect the child, the home and ourselves in the education setting to learn through and together. Thanks so much James. Um, in those different roles you mentioned when you were introducing yourself, I'm sure you've seen lots of parental engagement and lots of different strategies. Um, I wonder if you want to share some examples of effective and um, really positive family engagement that you've seen. Yeah, I do know. I was thinking about this when I saw the question and I'd like to go back to some of the examples that I saw when I was with the Northern Alliance Regional Improvement Collaborative. So the role I was in there was looking at early literacy, language and communication, and it was looking at effective collaboration across education and health in order to look at building strong solid foundations for children in their literacy language and communication skills and also thinking around about how does that link to the attainment and the achievement of of each of the kids and the young people that we work with and whilst there were key elements of literacy language and communication that were permeating through that work so things like oral language and phonological awareness for, for spelling and for reading and pre-handwriting and pen control skills that, that culminate in writing. A thread that we continued to explore together within our networks within local authorities and across the north of Scotland was the sense of the importance of families in children's literacy, language and communication development. And one of the examples that we had shared initially was through some work that had taken place in a couple of local authorities led by speech and language therapists. So in Murray it was called Before Words and in Highland it was called Words Up. But that was around about supporting families and practitioners in understanding the key messages for language development and how we as adults are the facilitators of children's language development through our conversations and through the intensive interactions that we have with children. And in the local authorities that had started to develop that, that work was happening from pre-birth. So it was happening through midwifery consultations and sharing those messages with families at that crucial stage. And then looking at the key points in children's lives where that was pertinent again so linking with health visitors at the various checks that happen in early infancy and then how that fed into ELC and into school and it was interesting to see how some of the earlier settings in the schools took this and tried to join up or blur some of the boundaries that were there so this very much started something that happened in health education we're doing things in you know early reading development early writing development and how could those things be synthesized together so so really creative ways of on the ground speech and language therapists and educators in earlier settings and schools working together to develop family learning for families around about early literacy language and communication and thinking about how could they actually 
develop the family skill set within that, but also project onto them all of the great things that they're doing already and try and build a bank in terms of things that are really successful. So trying to integrate those key messages into day-to-day interactions through play. So looking at how we know that young children learn best and and, and through that model of play of the of the child initiated experiences, the, the adult initiated and adult directed. But also thinking around about how they can tap into that through simple things like sharing stories, sharing songs, sharing games, sharing rhymes, just the general day-to-day chit-chat that we have when we're walking through the park or we're going through the supermarket and just pointing to families those small nuggets that they can do that will really enhance their child's language development. So flipping things that maybe happen that as educators and as families, we can often be guilty of our, our kids come home from um, early learning and childcare settings or schools. And one of the first questions we might ask is, what did you do today? And we get that sort of shrug shoulder look of nothing or not much. And actually projecting it from thinking about this key message of be careful with questions is one of the things that we can do and actually trying to balance our questions with comments. So instead of asking what did they do today, we could be making a comment about something that we might have seen or something that we might have known about. But in order for that to be successful, families need to have an understanding about what's going on in the day to day. So this is where I suppose the importance of sharing the key aspects of learning that are happening in the day can strengthen that key message. So if earlier settings in schools have developed approaches where they're sharing the key events that happen in the day through the likes of digital communication. I've seen that being quite successful. So um, that's really helped open up a comment. So maybe there's something that's happened. There's been a provocation of play there that's happened that day. And there's been a blog post or there's been a, a tweet that's put out or there has been a seesaw post in you know, all the different platforms that people can use. But from that, the parents then able to say instead of what did you do today? They're able to say, oh, I saw, insert, and just pause and see how that actually opens up the child's conversation and the child's understanding. But actually cleverly what that does as well is that also allows families to see how children learn and how children grow and develop now in comparison to maybe what it looked like 10, 20, 30 years ago. Because we do live in a different landscape now in terms of what we know, the research, the pedagogy moves on, and it's really important that families are part of that journey so they can actually physically see what see what that looks like. So that's been one really successful example that um, I've seen um, linked to that. I saw some really strengthened partnerships working with the library service. So thinking around about actually taking the likes of the Bookbug programme that is quite highly successful in a number of libraries and community facilities across Scotland. But in some of our facilities and some of our areas in which parental engagement and parental involvement has been lower, it's a really successful example where a school that we were supporting at that time in terms of their work in early literacy, language and communication, they brought the book bag session into a local coffee shop they invited parents along to that. They hosted it. The, the coffee shop had done a lot of work in terms of um, social enterprise. So they were trying to get people into the community as well. Um, it was an area in which they were having to think around about how can we access costs for that. So they were looking at, you know, how could they um, look at a sort of financial um 
the financial impact that this could have. So was there ways of being able to get donations for coffees, those sorts of things, trying to welcome families into a space that actually maybe wasn't the school, which for some families, as we know, can be a threatening space due to a whole range of experiences that they may have had or may not have had themselves. And actually, it was really interesting that changing the landscape from the school to the coffee shop around the corner just made a real difference in terms of the engagement and the involvement of the families at that stage. And they were really pinpointing in that individual setting the families of their youngest children because they knew actually around about if they could build those strong connections then when the children were three, four or five years old, there's a greater chance in terms of sustaining those connections and actually showing that this is something that they want to work together on. And also what they got to do within that as well was build greater links within the community with different businesses and organisations that they maybe hadn't seen before. So for me, those are sort of two examples that just had thought out of the box in terms of the ways in which they wanted to engage and integrate with families. So one looking at collaboration with external services and thinking around about how they use digital technology for that. And another thinking around about what are the community facilities on our doorstep that may draw people in. So actually, instead of asking parents to come into you, finding out where do parents go or where might parents want to go and trying to think about the different ways of being able to access that. So yeah, two really great examples that I saw and tried to share left, right and centre to anyone that was listening when they were thinking about family engagement that was just more than perhaps putting on a workshop because we know that for some communities that'll be quite successful, but for others it won't be. Thank you. That's two really powerful examples. Thank you for sharing there. I'm sitting here just taking it all in. Thank you. Um, I wonder then if we can kind of think about some of the barriers. I know you mentioned um, parents' previous experience or their own experience of schooling, um, but I wonder if you want to kind of go over or explore some other barriers to effective parental engagement. I think sometimes one of the barriers can be ourselves as, as the professionals, practitioners in terms of a way in which there are a range of reasons as to why we've ended up in the careers that we're in but we have we tend to have a strong passion for um for children for young people and for families and for the outcomes for 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 those that we serve in our communities and i think sometimes and i can i can put my hand up for that as well that i can be blinkered at times around about oh maybe not everybody has that same level of understanding and enthusiasm for 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 what I'm really interested in. So there's something about there's something about that in terms of in terms of our own understanding. Linked to that, I think it's around about our understanding of the community in which we work in and the community in which we serve, and thinking around about how the experiences of that community are similar and different to the experiences that we maybe had within school. I think some of the other barriers that are there are an understanding of what families would find helpful and or beneficial in terms of engaging, involving, learning with and through the school or the early year setting. And just taking that time to find out what would be helpful and linking back to one of our Scottish Educators Connect members I remember her talking about with a group of her families you know what would what would be helpful for you to talk about 
and actually what came out of it was a group of a group of dads in an early year setting saying they wanted to talk around about mental health and that came you know from them and it wasn't something that was necessarily sitting as part of that early year settings improvement plan but it was actually a group of a group of the dads in the community saying we need to we need to talk this through and 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 want to be interested in that and i remember her reflecting on that during a session and really saying that without asking the question she never would have known that that was something that was important to them in terms of being able to explore so i suppose how often do we how often do we ask that question around about what would be useful what would be what would be helpful I think as well, some of the barriers could be linked to a disconnect between what happens at home and what happens in the earlier setting or the school. So if we don't recognise some of the learning that happens out with the earlier setting or the school context and vice versa, some of the learning that happens within the school context or earlier setting, there is a there is a situation which can arise in which there which there is that disconnection and I think for many that's been strengthened through the learning at home over the last year throughout the pandemic um, and there's been some really fruitful learning I know in my school and, and and with colleagues that we've talked around about just the the real range of of skills that children have developed at, at home being supported by their family members has, has been great and some of that happening face to face and some of that happening remotely as well um then there's some i suppose operational barriers that exist so the ways in which we try to engage and involve families do they work for families who have maybe two three jobs that they're trying to work with shifts at that time so actually do they have are they actually able to access a workshop that's being offered perhaps not there are things in terms of families own their own skills in terms of their literacy their language skills their own confidence that could help or hinder their access to to family learning and family engagement there is still with some families and with some practitioners a, a perception around about the learning at home and the learning at school being quite a separate thing and, and, and I suppose it links back to back to that disconnect. And also a one size fits all approach is is a bit of a barrier. So some of the work that I've done previously around early literacy language and communication has been around about how do we match the teaching and learning to the needs of the child. Well when we're thinking around about family learning and engagement and parental involvement, then how do we match the these concepts to the needs of each member of the community because they might need to look slightly different. So some members of the family community may find just a briefing note or a short video, something that's going to be happy for them to provide them information access and become involved in. Others might want to be able to access things like workshops. Others might want to be part of forums. Others might want to be part of the parent council. I suppose it's around about how do you provide a suite of options in order to enable as much representation as possible for the family body that you've got 
And for some of that, the first question we've got to ask is, what would be helpful? When would it be helpful? And and how will it be helpful? I suppose for for me, and I'm thinking from my um from my own perspective as as a relatively new head teacher who whose interaction with families has been like this over a screen for for the majority of it. As we as we come back together as a community and and hopefully increase the amount of face to face contact we have, how can we retain some of this digital connection that's actually been strengthened, but also in order to be able to access the the physical location of the of the earlier setting in the school at the same time for for those that can and and are willing to thanks james yeah there's just a lovely parallel there we think about meeting the needs of every child and their every child having different communication needs but actually um, even as practitioners we go on different courses and um, professional learning some of us choose to read some of us choose to talk and um, attend courses and things so absolutely why would that be any different for our families so thank you for that James and um, you touched on kind of overcoming that barrier um, to increasing a uh, representative or representation across all of our parents but um, I wonder if you have any more suggestions I could just listen to this for ages um, <laughs> just uh, if you want to share any more um, suggestions for increasing representative parental engagement something that i'm really passionate about is visibility and visibility for all of our families and having worked in a in a range of different schools one of the schools i worked in was um was an urban school in a city with a with a real range of of cultures of of languages and of family makeup and Family makeup is something that I think is really critical for us to look at with our pupil body. So being able to actually talk around about the the range and representation of families that we see, not just in our community, but across the world. But also think around about how does that then connect to the way in which we are so the images that we have on our websites, the things that we have included in our handbooks, the way in which our families can access parent-teacher meetings or People360 consultations, is that accessible for a family member who has English as a second language? Is it accessible for a family member who has literacy difficulties themselves. There are a range of things I think that, and it's linked, I suppose, linked to the barriers, is thinking around about how do we become, as a as an earlier setting or as a school, how do we become, become more attuned to the range of people that we have in our community and how do we then respond to that as well um, and I think that's where statistics don't always help us there's a there's a real range of of statistics that we can access about our our school demographic but actually starting to think about the the families as individuals in terms of what would you know what would help for for an individual family and sometimes it is just a conversation. So being able to recognise the families that perhaps haven't maybe attended something, you know, that's that's been offered and 
being able to just have a chat at the at the at the school gate at a drop off or a pickup or you know be able to to have a conversation in which you are able to just talk around in quite a casual manner you know what might be you know what might be helpful in terms of of access is there anything else that we can do um and that might be something like being able to provide a a translator that might be able to link them into an adult literacy class because you've got a link to the adult literacy coordinator within your local authority um, and I think it's around about schools recognising that it's not about having to do that all on our own either so thinking about what you know what facilities are on our on our doorstep so as part of our, our local authorities we have community learning and development that might sit as part of the local authority or my local authority it sits part of a um, an arm's length organization but how can we link up with these other organizations that can strengthen our partnerships with our with our families and really understand the community because a number of these people are working directly with some of some of the families that we deem to be difficult to engage and I think that was what was really powerful from the Morag trainer book that we've just read it's you know what came out of that was not about these families being hard to reach or or difficult to engage it's about the way in which we try and engage or or reach so you know perhaps just putting out you know a uh, a form for submission on a on a social media post yes you'll get a, a small representation of that but you know is it is it accessible so yeah i think those day-to-day -day conversations are really important i think the the visibility of families in terms of all of the all the materials that you put out as a as a school needs to be extremely representative but also inclusive so if i'm going to put out information of families it's not helpful if i'm putting out heteronormative information in which i'm making a presumption that a family is built up of uh, a male parent and a female parent and children because that's that's not the representative body. It may be in some school communities, but we need to be thinking around about that diverse nature of, of families and how they're made up and how that information is communicated is often just through those subliminal parts that, that we see in terms of images, in terms of the words that we use. And the more I have thought around about the equality legislation that we're all bound by in schools, the more it's made me think and maybe pause more before I before I say something and really look at something with a lens that is different to maybe my lived experience as a as a practitioner. Um, and from a simple level as well, just being able to make sure that your communication is is accessible. So um, with, with the increase in technology, we know that a number of families might be able to access things through likes of text-to-speech and these sorts of things and, and different translation tools. But um, we know that actually what had been recommended previously when, when we were putting out guidance was um, ensuring that it had and the sort of legibility of the average the average end of primary school child should be able to access that information in order to make it the most inclusive. So it's just thinking around about sometimes we we pepper and we flower and I I can put my hand up, I'm very guilty of this, um, putting in language that doesn't make sense to somebody that doesn't actually work in the 
in the profession. And even then, sometimes we know how guilty we are of even using words that we're, that we're not sure of ourselves. So, um, yeah, if you can get someone to almost proof it that is, uh, is not part of the profession is, uh, is, is sometimes quite a, quite a helpful thing. So, yeah, I suppose representation and understanding your demographic are, are two things for me that are, are important. And that sort of pause point that you mentioned, you know, before you put something out or before you say something, pausing and thinking about how would someone with a different lived experience, my own, how would they receive either the information or or, or hear what it is that we're trying to say? Um, and it is the, the little things rather than the, the grand messages. We're not deliberately trying to exclude anyone, but, you know, through some of the just the wording or or mm-hmm. presumptions we can be excluding people without meaning to yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing all these different um, stories and examples and our listeners will have a lot to take away from this conversation so thank you so much james um i wonder if before we go in case anyone hasn't engaged with you yet um or wants to after this episode do you want to share your twitter handle or um how they can contact you after today yeah well um uh, my twitter handle was designed by some um, children uh, quite a few years ago now I think they're they must have been like a six or something now um, but they told me to try and get something that was that was down with the kids so I'm going to apologize for my Twitter handle but it's a uh, at Mr Cook that's M-I-S-S-T-A-H Cook and uh, and you can find me on there um, and you can also uh, hear about the work that Scottish Educators Connect do on the at Scott Ed Connect on Twitter or scottisheducatorsconnect.com. If you're a practitioner that is wanting to engage, uh, there are a range of opportunities on there from from podcasts, blogs, and and the book group that Claire had mentioned earlier on in the podcast. Thank you so much, James. What a claim to fame there. Imagine suggesting a Twitter handle for your teacher when you're in primary school, and then when you're applying to university, I wonder if that's on their applications or... (laughs) for jobs love that power of people voice thanks yeah, so much for giving up. thanks so much for giving up your time james really appreciate it thank you i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the connectrio podcast please do share and get in touch with us on twitter and instagram at connectrio ed we'd love to know what you think We'll be back next week with an episode featuring Laura McConnell. Laura is a teacher in Scotland who speaks and writes about a number of topics, including working with children with additional support needs and her own experiences of being an autistic teacher. She shares some fabulous examples of getting to know your school community and ways that we can support parents of children with additional support needs as well. So I think you'll really enjoy that episode. Have a great week, everyone.